For those that know me, know that I'm one of the biggest supporters of businesses going around. I love and celebrate all types of business structures. My guest today, Zoe George, the subtle mummy, took a moment out of her very busy schedule to spend some time to educate me on the business of being a public figure. As subtle as a brick in the face, in her words, Zoe tells it like it is, not only on her blog and social media profiles, but here on this podcast. We talk about the art of staying true to your brand, the reality of what it really takes to run her brand, and a very honest understanding of the cost savings of hiring public figures to promote brands. So let's get into it. I'm Amy Bajada, CPA by trade, not in nature, now financial coach to businesses globally. The Boring Shit You Need to Know in Business podcast was created with business owners and aspiring business owners in mind. It's a way to bring you simple yet effective business strategies, explore the art of being in business, and challenge the notion that our financial numbers are boring. If you're looking to improve your profitability, increase your cash, and grow your business, you're in the right place. Join me and other business owners as we discuss the boring shit you need to know in business. Hi, Zoe. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. <laughs> this, you know, I've wanted to reach out to you for some time now because I'm a big fan of what you do. I feel as though you're relatable. There's this connectability to what you're doing. So I'm so glad that you've agreed to come and have a chat with me today. I wanted to kick off, though, by saying that your Instagram profile describes you as a public figure. Now, there are lots of different titles for the work that you do, and I didn't want to make any assumptions going into this conversation. So I thought I'd hand it over to you to tell me whether or not you give what you do a title. Okay. So when people, when I meet people in the real world, (laughs) um, sometimes I can't be bothered explaining um, all about social media and all that sort of thing, because I find that if they're on social media, they already kind of know me, but it all know what I do. Um, and if they're not, they've got no idea. And it's just such a huge conversation. So I just say I'm a teacher. <laughs> but um, when it comes to titles, I really, really dislike all the stigma that surrounds titles like mummy blogger. And then mummy blogger was like, okay, that's cooler now than influencer because influencer is like really can I say the word twat? Like it's really yeah. twatty title to give, you know? And then when I went on TV, I, I thought, okay, I'll do public figure because I wanted to get verified, you know, my blue tick. And so there was a process to do that. And I, and I feel like that little title, I hate it, but you need to categorize yourself, which is silly, but um, I chose public figure just so that people can kind of, when brands want to approach me, they go there first mm. and then they can kind of see what I prefer or what I've, I guess it's like there's so many umbrellas, but um, I didn't want to put influencer and I didn't want to have blogger anymore. I think just after Big Brother, I just put public figure and I left it at that. And, you know, I wish I could put nothing and I wish it wasn't, you know, an obligatory thing. But 
it is what it is. <laughs> Game we play, don't we? We have mm. to submit to what they want us to do to be able to get what we need out of it. So I, I totally appreciate it. But I do like that title. I think it it's an all and sundry and I think it it kind of makes sense. But if I can if I can jump back just very quickly, you are a teacher. I know you tell people that you're a teacher, but you you have have you have been a teacher in your lifetime. Tell me a little bit about that and then the transition from that because you're no longer teaching. Is that correct? Yeah, I resigned this year. Um, so my blog, so back before influencers were a thing, it was blogs and you actually wrote, you know, I wrote articles. So when I was on, I had my daughter and I was on maternity leave and I get bored really easily and I like stimulating my brain. And I used, to, I remember thinking, oh my God, I've forgotten how to spell. When you're on maternity leave and you're not dealing with people every day and you're not writing emails and you're not you know you're not exercising your brain Mm. you forget how to use it so I started writing articles about postpartum things you know like you know about pelvic floors and flatulence and all the really gross things associated with motherhood and um but in a funny way and those articles all got picked up and, you know, Huffington Post and Daily Mail and all these online journals picked up my writing. And I'm not an English teacher. I'm an art teacher and a woodwork teacher. But, yeah, like I love to write. And so they got picked up and it just kind of escalated from there. But even to begin my blog before that, I was in mummy forums and I just used to like make funny comments and people were like, you're so funny, you should blog. And I was like, what's a blog? I've got no idea. I just used to do Facebook statuses. And then one stranger, like a lady that I'd never met before, she said to me, this is what I do for work. I think you're going to be famous one day. I'm going to make you um, a website free of charge. Just log in. Here it is and start writing and so I did wow and so you made the decision this year to stop teaching yeah how's that been for you um so I I feel like I don't know I I think only teachers can relate to this feeling that you have when, so I was in a government school and when you're in a government school and you have an ongoing position you really you can't be fired from that, like unless you do something really bad. And it's a certain sense of security. Like you can go off, have children for seven years, they keep your job, and you've always got the security of having that to fall back on. So nobody wants to give that up. Like no, And I loved the school I was at. My principal was amazing. And so it was really hard for me to make the decision. But when I went on Big Brother, I took a year unpaid and then um, – Oh, I worked the first month of that year and then left for the rest of the year. And then we went into lockdowns and I was like, okay, well, I didn't get to travel. My plan was after Big Brother, seeing as I've got the year off, go overseas as well, come back refreshed, ready to get back into it. And we were in lockdown. So I asked my boss for another year off and she granted that and that was fine. And then we had another year of lockdown. And then I was unbeknownst just like, to so many people. <laughs> yeah. And in that year, my page, like this became a job for me and a full-time job. And it just grew and grew and grew. And I was, I guess I just was, I was so scared because it is tomorrow I could get hacked, lose my my page and all my followers, and no one's gonna want to work with me. It and or you know, all the I could say something and get cancelled, or to I could um, you know, brands might just not want to reach out to me for three, four, five months. And it's really scary because there's no security. 
And I was like, oh, is this something I want to do? But I think it was just consistently good for long enough for me to go, okay, Zoe, take a risk, resign, ride this wave now that you are in the limelight, now that you are growing, now that, you know, just ride the wave. And you can Mm. always go back to teaching when you're like 50, 60. So I let go of my ongoing position. And you're riding that wave. It sounds exciting though. Like how's it been received in terms of your inner circle? So in the beginning, when I first started this, my mum, my mum's always been my biggest critique. Um, critique yeah. And I'm also, I'm very safe when it comes to money. I need security, you know, like, so it's really scary to go and do this. And I resigned from teaching and my husband um, went out, started his own business. So we were like surviving off my influencer income for six months at one point. And I was so mortified. I was so scared. My mum used to say to me when I first started, why are you doing this? Why do you share your life with all these people? And you're making a fool of yourself and you're sharing all this information and people will give you evil eye. and, And why are you doing this? Like you're not getting anything out of it. And I'm like, I don't know, mum, like I like doing it. I like being, um, you know, I guess I like the attention in a way. But I said, it might be free now, but this is how you build your audience. Mm. And one day it could be something bigger. And she used to go, oh, you're only doing that for a free T-shirt or you're only doing that for a free, um, you know, like bunch of flowers. And then now she comes over and I give her, two handbags and three pairs of shoes <laughs> and a box full of makeup and some, you know, now she's the loving benefit. my job. <laughs> yeah, free holidays. She comes on holidays with me for the week, you know, and now she's supporting. <laughs> oh, I bet she is. It's so my husband's always been really supportive. He was just from the beginning, like, if this is what you want to do and, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. And especially given he's in the finance field, isn't he? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, so he obviously money's a, a thing for him as well. So having that security must have seen something in it to to be so supportive. Yeah, I always had the backup of the teaching as well. So I think it was a gra- it was a slow burn. Like I was doing it while I was teaching, and then you know he saw it just escalating, and it got to the point I only quit when it it was I was making twice as much as a teacher. Wow. Like, so that was when I said, okay, now I can stop because we always relied on me making that income, you know, that whatever I made as a teacher, that was what I had to contribute. So when I was making well and truly above that, we were like, okay, well then, you know, and I've got a little savings. So now I'm okay. You know, it still was very calculated. Yeah. And I think I like that plan. I, you know, we've all got our limits and as long as you've got a real clear view on what your limit is, it sounds Mm. as though you had that. And as soon as it ticked those boxes for you, you felt there was, there's a level of safety there, even though it's not the safety that you felt with the school system and being able to go back when you can, I think you've, you've ticked off the right boxes to be able to say, well, hang on. It, it validates itself as a business and as a structure. So now yeah. can jump in. But can I go back to the comments you're making uh, in terms of the conversation with your mum and talking about free? I can't imagine, like, I, I get all, I hear these comments about influencers, if you don't mind me saying it just for the purpose of the conversation, yeah. but, you know, oh, they, they've got it easy. It, you know, it seems so easy and they've got this life and they get all this free stuff and, 
it's not actually free. And even before you may have been getting paid for it, it looks like a lot of work. So Mm -hmm. a T-shirt is not necessarily free. It comes with your time. And if, you know, as a financial coach myself, I would be the sort of person that goes, don't go giving anything for free. But like you said, you had to build your brand. So yeah. And and sometimes I was working and I was paying for the content, like paying for the items as well. So you've got to start somewhere. People aren't just going to start going, I'm going to pay this person with five, 600 followers. I'm going to give her, I'm going to give her a free whatever and pay her on top of that. That just doesn't happen. You need to earn, you need to build your audience and you need to earn um, attention from brands. So I would actually go and buy something and do a review of it. And, and I also think that works in two ways. And when I mentor anyone, I say, what you put out there, you receive as well. So I notice that if I do fashion this week, I'll have five labels reach out to me within that week saying, because they've seen it, they've liked what they've seen and they've done it. So back when I wasn't making any money, if I did fashion, fashion would start noticing me. And that's how you've got to kind of trick it. If you want to do beauty, go to Priceline, buy some beauty products, do a review and tag those brands. People don't know whether you're being paid or not. Like, and you don't, like you only have to declare it when you are being paid, when you're not. You're just doing a genuine, honest review and people say, and that takes the pressure off everything because your audience are going, okay, she's so relaxed. There's no like mentioning codes and, you know, what the benefits of everything are. They're just, it's a really wholesome beginning and people, that's how you earn their trust and that's how then they become genuine, like a genuine audience that when you are spruiking um, a brand, they trust you they know that you wouldn't just promote anything and so that's how that genuine audience grows you know like I see some people that just are so obsessed with a number and they go and they buy followers or they do these loops where people are obligated to follow you you haven't earned those followers you haven't earned those people um trust you know so what are they going to do they're not going to engage they're not going to buy and they'll unfollow you as soon as you irritate them yeah, so true, so true. But now, now that you actually have brought up the whole brand thing, yeah. this is the reason why I reached out to you because, you know, I, I was watching a couple of your stories and you talk a lot about, you must get questions all the time about the brands that you promote or, you know, those that you're aligned with. And one of the conversations you were having was in relation to this genuine connection that you want to feel when you're when you're taking on any brand, paid or not, like there's got to be a genuine connection. And I find myself personally disconnected from those that seem to be every five minutes wanting to spruik the latest, you know, skincare range. I know skincare is a touchy subject at the moment, but, you know, skincare and, you know, this week it's the perfect skincare and next week the same person is saying this new is, this new skincare is perfect. But, But that's not what you're all about. Tell me about that. Yeah, I've, I learned really early on that there is nothing more important for your brand than maintaining being genuine. Like people notice you cannot physically even be promoting one skincare range this month and then receive something new, try it, see how it reacts to your skin and be promoting it within a month. You know, it's just not 
feasible and people can see through that mm. and it's not only skincare it's it's just everything I don't think it's even fair on the brand I can't do I don't do fashion like within a week of each other or sometimes I try and space it out to a month but if like pressure or if they, that's what they want I don't put them even in the same week and that's fashion like you go shopping and you buy from Zara and you buy from Kmart and you buy but you know when I'm promoting I don't want to promote Zara and then everyone goes buys from them and then two days later I'm going to promote a different brand I've just ruined their chances because people have gone on a shopping spree elsewhere so you've got to think of all these things I don't do skincare very often as well because there was a point where I was being reached I think at least monthly a different skincare range would reach out to me and a, it's not great for my skin. I've got pretty good skin. So if I'm constantly changing things, I'm going to start breaking out. And also, I can't go online and say this skincare has made my skin amazing when I had good skin to begin with. You know, I can't say to someone with acne that they're going to get better skin like mine because I didn't I didn't have acne to begin with. Yeah. So people have got to see, some people see through it but I feel also that it's my obligation to refrain from trying to mislead people as well. I'm aligned to that. Like I, I really get that because I think that that's, that comes across. Like you can see mm. that in all the content that you do, that there's that genuine connection to what it is that you're being paid for. And that's an honest connection. I love that. Exactly. And sorry, one more thing I've just remembered is, a lot of times I decline collaborations, which is really tricky because when a company is reaching out to me, let's take, for instance, this mug, okay? You have designed this mug. It's your pride and joy. It's your brand. It's, you know, you are so passionate about this and you just want to, you think influencers are the bee's knees and this is what's going to set off your business. And they come to me and they say, I really want you to promote. We love your vibe, blah, blah, blah. If I don't think that my audience are going to go crazy for this mug because I didn't go crazy for this mug, then I try and I decline. But there's two ways this could go. They could be really offended because you're saying, you know, like, oh, you don't like my product. Why don't you like my product? You think you're too good for this product, you know? But I'm just trying to save them money. I don't want you wasting thousands of dollars paying me to promote a mug it's just not going to benefit you. You will need to cover what you've paid me and then make a profit. It's just not going to work. And I can tell what is and what isn't going to work, but people are really taken aback by that. And I find it really hard to um, say it politely, like to be like, you know, I can't just say to them, I think you're going you're to waste your money on me. Like, I don't want to say that. So I'm just like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm working with something similar at the moment or, um, you know, I, do, I just don't think it's, it's, gonna, it's, a, it's the right fit for right now. You know, I try, you know, we have to be tactical, uh, yeah. you know, like in the way we, we approach. So, yeah, sometimes if anyone's listening and you're a brand and you reach out to someone, if they're politely declining, it's probably for your best interest, yeah. you know, and that's a really good thing because I could easily say, yeah, sure, give me the mug, give me a couple of grand and I'll promote it. And then when it flops, I don't care. My bank account's fine. Yours isn't, Yeah, you know, so it's that. It's finding that genuine influencer who is going to care for your brand. And if that means saying no sometimes, you know, 
go you could find you could find someone who's happy to work for free she won't have as many followers as me maybe she's still got a genuine audience give her a mug for free or even you know pay a small amount and that could be the avenue you start in you know yeah I again it just seems so much better to do that and I think we talk about numbers and again being a numbers person myself those brands are the ones that are just chasing numbers they're just seeing a number and thinking well I need to access that amount that those people and that audience without yeah. real regard for the fact that maybe your audience isn't all about mugs and maybe your audience isn't aligned to that and you're the best your best place to do that. That doesn't mean you won't ever work with that brand. It just yeah. means that that particular product isn't where you want to be right now. And I, I think they need to start listening to that type of marketing um, because I, it's it's a huge space for businesses to be in. But they've got to get it right. They can't just flog it out to everybody and expect yeah just to flood the market that way because people aren't going to buy like that. And then when you. And then when you throw PR into the mix as well, because there's different, there's all different tiers of influencers and there's public figures or whatnot. But so there could be someone with a million followers. Most of the time, those people aren't very connected to their audience. Like I personally haven't bought anything that Kim Kardashian posts about, you know, like I don't, I don't feel that connection. I, I, I don't know. I don't even pay attention to be fair. I just scroll because like it's pretty in my feet or whatever, you know. A lot of times brands that reach out or work with someone like that, they pay a lot of money, but it's for brand awareness. It's to get their brand seen by eyes. Whereas when you're working with a micro-influencer or someone really small, like under 5K, they have a really genuine audience. Probably 50% of them are their friends and family from the real world as well. So it's you're going to get a really good conversion with when you look at if you give them a hundred or two hundred or three hundred dollars and they've got a new 20 sales versus someone with over 100k might not might only get you two sales or zero yeah. sales you know you just don't I feel like it's the you've really got to look at conversion and engagement and ask for those figures when you're when you're speaking to someone if there's money involved yeah, definitely if there's money involved. And it's to safeguard your own investment as a brand, I think, yeah. um, for sure. Can I ask, besides skincare, is there any type of product you hands down will not work with? I don't want to get in trouble for saying this, oh, but I'd please, no hate. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't do MLM. Ah, uh, yes. So if any, um, if I, and in saying that again, like, I don't, there's so many people that fall under MLM, but they're not like I've done, I've done, I've promoted for Intimo before, but again, I, I won't, I won't go on there and be like, oh yeah, like join my team. You know what I mean? I'm like, these are these really nice bras that I genuinely love. But, um, you know, like I just, I avoid things like that, like lip scents and yeah, that's, that's the kind of thing I, um, I don't really go for, but also, oh, vibrators. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've been kidding. asked so many times really? like sex toys I've been yeah. asked so many times but it's look I'm a teacher I'm a wife I'm a mum and I just it it doesn't fit my brand you know irrespective of how I feel about it in my real life and in the real world it's just not something that you know like culturally my mum would die my husband would die like it's yeah. just you know no amount of money um you know when it comes to that things like that I don't know it just 
it just depends what you know yeah, yeah the illegal substances or anything with like that sort of thing oh I did I did one time like I'm not a big fan of gambling but one time I did like a scratchy um collaboration and I didn't feel right about doing it but I had agreed before I kind of knew what it was as well so I followed through and yeah just like seeing comments come through like I can't believe you're condoning gambling and I was like oh I'll never do that again you know like I did it because I'd agreed to it and I went against my gut and then yeah I regretted it. Yeah, the gut's such a powerful tool when making business decisions, I think, for sure. It sounds like a lot of fun, though, in terms of some of the stuff that you get. What was one of the most exciting, well, let's say, collaborations that you've done or even just item that you've received to work with? Um, exciting. So I've, I love every, everything travel-related. So anything that's, you know, a getaway or a trip or something like that, they're amazing. Um, I don't know, like it depends, exciting. Gosh, I love my little D-bot, you know, like my little vacuum cleaner. I love my purifier, you know, like there's yeah. some really big ticket items. Oh, I loved it. I got a Tesla for a month. So that was amazing. Oh. Like <laughs> I got to drive a Tesla around. Like that was so much fun. My kids loved that as well. Yeah, there's there's so many things that, and you know what's interesting? All those things that I mentioned were all like contra collabs. Like I didn't get paid for them. So, yep. so yeah, sometimes things like that pop up and I go, I really want that. I'm happy to do it, you know, at no no charge. Oh, that's great. It's good when you're aligned with the stuff that you kind of want as well. And <laughs> you kind of think, oh, yeah. that's land and it's exactly what I was after. And Yeah, and, and I think at one point... My mentality, because everyone has their mentors and I, re- I was speaking to another girl who's an influencer who I really look up to. Um, I feel like she's just on top of it business-wise. And she said to me, like, because in the beginning there's this kind of like a line where you cross over where in the beginning you're like, oh, I don't want to say no and miss out on that product. Like I really want the product. I wonder if they've got budget. I don't want to ask for money. And then and then they say, no, they've got no budget and then I miss out. And you're in this frame of mind. And I think at what, and she said to me, people get annoyed when you do too many ads, right? Everyone knows that. They want the genuine content. But without the ads, obviously, your page wouldn't be up, right? That's like when you watch TV, there's ads. That's what's paying for your movie that's on. But so she was like, so why would you do an ad, post it in your feed, people think you're getting paid for it, but you're not getting paid for it. So there's not even that reward of, okay, I might have lost five followers, but I got paid, you know. She's like, so why are you doing it just for the product? And I think that's where it kind of clicked to me. And it's interesting because the minute I decided, okay, I'm not accepting anything anymore gifted, you know, like I'll, I'll say no to the T-shirt or the box of chocolates or the, you know, like the small ticket items where I'm like I would rather just pay for that and buy it myself and have it rather than do a collab for it and potentially irritate my followers because I've done three ads this week or four ads this week. And the minute my frame of mind changed and I started saying no, like people would approach me like, sorry, I'm not taking any gifted collaborations at the moment. They always found money. They would find budget. Like, yeah, I missed out on a lot. But it's like my business took off when I made that decision because they had budget and they had money and they they see the value. But just like everyone, you want to bargain, right? Like in good 
10 points to you for trying. Why not start that way? You know what I mean? You might as well start as low as you can and see what you can get. But, you know, I think you were saying about, you know, just wanting to take on everything because you're too scared to miss out and you're worried that you're not going to get asked again or whatever it might be. Mm. And I think that's a, that's just a business trait. You know, when anyone's starting out in business, I, I kind of find, I use the word pimping all the time with small business owners when I work with them. Don't pimp yourself out just for the sake of, you know, getting a couple of dollars in potentially from a business perspective or even just trying to to make your mark. I think when you clear the path, like what you've just talked about, clearing the path to then be able to say no to certain things and be confident enough to say no, all of a sudden the right stuff You've got space yeah. in your life for the right stuff, and people will find the dollars if it's if it's right. And exactly. and it's knowing your worth as well. Yeah, hundred oh, percent. Yeah. Because so many people disregard that when they're mm-hmm. thinking about, you know, you you run a service. That's what you're doing uh, in terms of your business. And more often than not, a lot I see a lot of business owners that don't value that. They don't even put that as a cost of business. And, you know, we were talking a little bit before about this free stuff. None of it's free. The work you put in, I can't even imagine the hours that you put in. I hate going on camera at the best of times for five minutes to say, Hey, can you listen to my podcast this week? I can't imagine what it's like for you to have to show up every single time. And it genuinely looks like you're loving it and you're having a ball. And especially that that personalized content that you allow yeah. people into your life because you're right that that helps build your brand that helps that's part of the process I imagine that's tiring at times too though even yeah. though that's what you want to do so and with the yeah you touched a little bit on people find the money I think when you reach out to someone and you give them something for free and they're going to do you know, they're not, they're not, you're not paying them, right? They're going to accept it. They're going to be like, oh yeah, hey, cool guys, check this out. I just bought these. Yeah, cool. And then move on. Like, it's just not the same content. You're just not going to, and even if you're, if you take all that away and you look at a traditional business, when you are looking to do your website, you need to pay a photographer, you need to pay a studio, you need to pay a model, you need to pay all these things. When you're working with an influencer, you've eliminated all those costs and you've reached their audience as well. So when you work with a photographer, a studio, this, they're not giving you any free advertising. So when you're working with an influencer, you've you've covered your model, your photography, your editing, your you know all of that, and you've got content. And if you pay for... Um, usage of that content as well you can repurpose that content for years you can take it and be using it for ads you can pay for Facebook ads you can um, use the photos on your emails on your letterheads on your website you know there is so much more to just to paying an influence and you will only pay a small fraction of what a photographer you know a studio and all that costs so it really is a good point you you pay it and you get that and sometimes, even if you make zero sales, and I say this to people because you, can, I can lead a horse to water, but I can't make it drink. I can't jump through the screen and go into people's wallets. If, if anything else you've gained from this, at least you're able to use my content. And if you're really happy with my content, which I always make sure that the brands I work with are super happy with everything that I produce, then that's something. Use the shit through that. Like yeah. use it and use it again. Such a valid point, and I think so many people miss that. I think they they're drawn to the influencer style content because they perceive this as being the numbers thing. You know, like what we were talking about before in terms of reach. 
But there is so much more to that in terms of cost savings as businesses. It's yeah. the new way of marketing and, you know, there's no doubt about it. And I think that whilst it feels as though the market is flooded with so many people doing doing similar sorts of things, everyone's unique in their own way. And you're going to be able to spot those that that are right for your brands. And I, I think I love that. I, I can't say that enough. You know, you're cutting out photographers, you're cutting out that, that they would happily hand over that sort of money and find the money when they're setting up a studio and wanting to do some sort of commercial, whether it be for TV or anything like that. So it goes exactly the same way. So that's, yeah, yeah I really like that. I hadn't looked at it that way before, and I'm sure a lot of people haven't looked at it that way before. hundred percent, hundred percent. No one thinks about that. They're just like, oh, you get free stuff and you've just got to like, yeah. you know, and it's like, well, hold on. I've had back and forth emails like that's taken up how much of my time I've had to, you know, I might have to do my hair, my makeup, find an outfit. A lot of times they want a certain backdrop, a certain nail polish color. Wow. Yeah. People are very pedantic in their briefs, you know, they might want multiple angles of something. So the filming itself will take how long then I've got to edit once, you know, like the editing programs that I pay for, you know, my time to sit there editing, editing takes hours. Yes. And then you're writing the caption and then you've got to like make sure you set an alarm to put it at your peak time because, you know, we've got peak times. Then you've got to invoice the client, you know, just that is it's there's so much more than just I take a photo and I upload a photo. I wish it was that easy. I think people need to respect the fact that it's a business structure more than Mm. they actually do. And I when I hear these comments, you know, I. I'm not even an influencer and I hear these comments and I get frustrated by it. I think because I value, you know, business structures, I understand that they come in all different types of forms. And like I said to you before, I can I can honestly see just through something simple like, you know, spruiking a, a bar that you like to eat or whatever it might be, there's so much work that would have to go into that. And I get the back end. I get the the back and forth. I get the conversations. Um, yeah. But do you do you, do you mind me asking whether or not you continue to control your conversation, or do you go through an agency? Um, because there's plenty of agencies out there that represent people at the moment. Yeah, I I have had agencies reach out to me a couple of times, but I feel. Do you know that gut we were talking about mm-hmm. before? Like, I feel like why change something when it's going so well for me right now? But also my gut's telling me that the minute um, it's so like double, like um, double-edged sword, you know, on one hand, I would love to do less work for more money. And I know an agency will get me those bigger clients like Maya and Coles and whatnot, and I will only have to do a fraction of the work that I'm doing to make the same amount of money. But on the other hand, I know my gut is just telling me the minute I get an agent, small businesses won't be able to afford me. And and that is so important to me, supporting small businesses. Like, so, you know, I offer on my media kit, I offer a discount for small businesses, you know, and things like that. Like, it's important to me for them to, because, for a small business, my fee is a huge amount of money. So if they see the value in that and they really want to work with me, if I go and raise my rates another four times, they just can't afford it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? A big business can. So, yeah, I really want to remain um, 
attainable, like, you know, for small businesses as well. So it's the only thing keeping me like, and I'm like, because I grow with these brands as well. And I feel I've been working with New Wave for two years now, like the air purifier, and they came to me in the very beginning. And I remember they had no budget and it was like, a $1,000 purifier and I was like yeah I'm happy to do it and then at one point I was like look you know this is my fee and they were like they they were cool with that and you know and now you know they send me Christmas presents I send them a Christmas present and I've grown to they're a family business it's the dad and his daughter and I chat to them and they've come to my house and you know like it's that I don't want to lose that you know because for them that means a lot and they can't they would need to start again from scratch with someone else, you know? Yeah. Oh, see, that's that genuine connection that I absolutely was drawn to and wanted to chat with you. Like, you can feel that. You can feel that you're aligned to those types of models and that sort of value in what you do. So if I can get a little personal right now. Yeah. A question I'm, <laughs> a question I'm asking a lot of my guests on my podcast this year, and that is, if you could have someone play you in a role about your life in a movie, who would have been why? It doesn't have to necessarily be someone who looks like you or anything like that, but if it's someone you might be aligned to, who would you have? Because oh, I reckon there's a, movie, there's a movie dealing with <laughs> I'd <on>. play myself. <laughs> I love that. I'll take that. Um, <laughs> well, you are a public figure, so there you go. That ticks all those boxes. For sure. Um, who would I pick to play me? Do you know what? Just for entertainment purposes, one of my good friends, I would ask her <laughs> because they, they're best at teasing me. But um, I reckon Rebel Wilson, just because oh, yeah. she's funny. Like, yeah. and that's just me. She's got like a crass humour as well. Yeah. Like, and I find that I filter myself a lot. Like when people meet me in the real world and there's no camera, I am so much worse, like, than what I am online. Like, what, so, and this is the thing. People started following my journey because I was, I'm subtle as a brick in the face. That's where yeah. it came from. It's not that I'm actually subtle. Like, subtle mummy came from subtle as a brick in the face. And so, but slowly the Karens made me filter, you know, and mm. I became a lot more censored. And even when I went on Big Brother, I was so, I held back so much wow. because I'm like, I'm a role model, I'm a teacher, I'm a mom, I've got to behave, you know. And so when I'm with my friends and the real crazy me comes out, it's a completely different, um, and I wish I could show more of that personality, but unfortunately this is my job now and I need to remain professional and I need to be able to, um, you know, like please everyone. <laughs> and yeah, so I wish I could be more crass and more funny online, but you know, Maybe I let little come time. Yeah, makes through. And I think that's, I think that's um, complimentary uh, that you yeah. can at least get to a certain point for yourself because being genuine, like I said, I really feel like there's that genuine nature anyway, and you can see, you can see. All I have that. moments where I go online and I'll record a whole series of me being bitchy about something, and then I'm like, no, delete, delete. <laughs> I just save them and I send them to my friends instead. <laughs> and I'm like, no, Zoe, you're better than that. Don't do it. Don't delete. I can't even imagine the pressure. Like that would be just so much pressure to just. You just want to let it all be, but yeah. you have to be able to. Because we've got emotions, you know, like I get annoyed about things all the time. You know, people mm. might message me something that's really offensive or 
I might want to share some DMs I get inappropriate from men or like sometimes even married men or I see their, their wives on their profile, you know, and I would love to out people, but it's not professional, you know. <laughs> I'd love to talk about that girl that's been backstabbing me on her stories, you know, like and yeah. get the catty side out, but I'm yeah. a mum, I'm a teacher <laughs> to behave. <laughs> One last question I had for you for today was if you had any advice for those that are trying to break into this area of of, um, work for themselves, what would you give them starting out? What sort of advice? Um, I would say be prepared that it might not be successful because I didn't go into this with the intention of being famous or being, you know, a big influencer or anything like that. I was just sharing my genuine what I just turned my profile public you know Mm. like just whatever I would share with my family and friends and that's what so remain genuine and if people like you they'll like you don't try and be someone that you're not because that's what fits the mold like don't go on and put on an act people want to see the real you and if they don't fall in love with the real you then it's not sustainable they won't stick around also be prepared to do a lot for free in the beginning you've got to do you know so much you've got to it's like an audition show people what they're going to get when they want to work with you if you are trying to make money out of this I also see a lot of people who they become obsessed with the numbers don't become obsessed with the numbers don't do loops and giveaways and you know like um, buy followers it's just it's really not worth it because you're throwing your money away. Those people aren't engaged. It actually makes your numbers look really bad when a brand wants to work with you. And they see when a brand wants to work with me, I've got to show them my stats. And my stats will say 93% women because I physically remove a lot of males because they're just not my target audience. They're not going to buy the things that I'm sharing. And I would love to, my number would be twice what it was if I, if I didn't do that. But And also for cyber safety, I share my kids and all that sort of stuff. So I see 93% women aged between 25 and 45, over 50% are from Melbourne, you know, like all that. So a brand knows that's exactly what they're getting with me. If I was just buying a followers or whatever, they'd be from overseas, they'd be men, they'd be, you know, so you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot having a big number, but it's really not going to get you anything. The reality is that even if you've got 100 people, if you've got 100 people following you and 100 of them are engaged and 100 Mm. of them are buying from you, if we're talking numbers, that makes sense. You know, you don't need 1,000 when you've got 100% that are totally engaged and that's a good place to start, I think, especially. And you need to love the product if you don't love it your audience won't love it and people can tell they can tell when I I put on this dress and I hadn't picked it and it looked like I was ready for church nobody bought that dress when I put on a dress and I'm like (gasps) it sells out that's the difference like yeah I've done that that with something that you've put up I've gone to buy it and it's already sold out I'm like that's not right I was like three (laughs) seconds from when this and I feel like I feel like saying guys this brand you know I love it you know by the time I wear it it's going to be sold out so just buy it now and then I'm like no I stop myself and I delete it because I'm like that looks like I'm trying to sell to them like it looks like I'm 
trying to, you know, be forceful, even though I'm just trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to give everyone a heads up because then they hate on me. It's sold yeah. out. Why'd you wear it? <laughs> well, trust me, when it happens enough, you do, you move quicker as quickly as you possibly can with that sort of thing. But Zoe, keep doing what you're doing. I think it's absolutely fantastic and um, I can see how much you love it and it's so genuine. So I really appreciate your platform. Thank you. Thanks again. That's so nice. I really appreciate you coming on and having a bit of a chat. Thank you. To learn more about the boring shit you need to know in business, head to my website, www.amybajada.com.au forward slash podcast where you will find all my latest and greatest podcast episodes for you to enjoy. To be notified of new podcast episodes when they become available, be sure to hit that notification where you're listening to this podcast. Stay well, my friend.